Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Victory. Victory. The Lord said, Victory is mine, saith the Lord. Amen. And you may be seated just for a few minutes. Sister Reynolds, you just stay with me just for a moment. Um, thank you, Reverend. Um, I just want to say, one, um, how grateful I am to what a tremendous uh, body of Christ that has shown up in many different cases and funerals and performed and served and helped in many different ways and today um i don't normally do this but we could not have done this on monday without grace gospel being here Amen. Amen. and so if you'll just allow me a few minutes to thank these folks um that came and helped my wife and i uh with the barnett family during this during their grieving and, and having a uh, funeral service, I'd like to ask, we couldn't have done this without these names that I'm about to call. And that's Brother Carlton Neely, who was tremendous in orchestrating parking and, uh, and, and helping us out. And I just can't thank you enough. I guess I better put my mask on. Uh, but thank you, Brother Ely, for uh, your support. Um, I want to thank Brother Thompson, who was also here, who supported us, and we could not have done that without him. Amen. Amen. I'd like Brother Dave McCauley to come. God bless you. Thank you so much. Here, I'll give you them. You hold them. Brother McCauley, thank you. Appreciate you for helping. Um, I'd like Brother Reverend Gary McNeil to please come. Um, who not only did a tremendous job, but also started to preach. He did a great job. Uh, I'd like Sister Paulette Thompson. As I know she's at the door, but I'd like Sister Paulette Thompson, Sister Pat McCauley. Amen. If, Sister Pat, thank you for what you did as well. God bless you. Thank you again. Sister Paulette Thompson, uh, who was here to support as well. Amen. You, you'll, you'll see that it took almost 11, I think it's about 11. Sister Thompson, thank you so much. Sister Ann McLean, who's not here today, but she was a big part of that. Sister Colleen McNeil. Amen, amen, amen. And, and I want you to not know, not everyone was in the best of health, but came and spent. We stayed here from, most of us got here about 8.30 in the morning. 
and stayed till five on their feet. And so I just have to say thank you, uh, Sister Marlena, who not only served in our sound booth, but then went down and served in the food line as well. I can't thank her enough as well. We appreciate you. God bless you. You're welcome. Sister Tyler. I want you to know these, these folks, even afterwards, thank you for what you do. Appreciate you. They, they even finished up mopping to clean up so we wouldn't have. Sister Johnson. Denise Johnson. I'd like Sister Denise Johnson to come. Um, we could not have, again, I can't say this enough. Um, we couldn't have handled the group of people that we had if it hadn't have been for these folks that came. I want to thank you so much for your support. Appreciate you. And Liz Kahn. Liz Kahn was here. And... Um, And then, no, you come here. And then I have to give honor to the first lady. Because she was tremendous in, in this as well. So, as you can see, it took quite a few people to be able to take care of the funeral. Um, from start to finish, Bishop did a tremendous job in speaking, and um, we lost a great lady. Amen. Sister Mother Barnett was a tremendous woman of God. She would have been here supporting just like the team that came um, here and supported um, for the funeral that's just the kind of people that grace gospel has is has here in we're very blessed amen we're very blessed and uh today we will take communion i want you to know that we'll take it after this after this service and we won't be streaming communion but we will uh stream what i'm about i feel led in the lord to minister today on um, we will go into the new year starting on January 2nd for 21 days. Uh, we'll be fasting. Um, I'm not going to do the Daniel fast, but I'm going to ask you to fast whatever you can fast if you're on medication. Uh, I'm not asking you to fast because it's very imperative that you take food with your medicine. So um, if it's coffee you're allowed to have if it's candy give up something and let's fast we are going to go back to having prayer back out in january on friday nights until i feel where we need to maybe move it to if i feel like we need to move it for um maybe a little bit more compatibility for people not taking your Friday evening up. It is very important. It's not mandatory, but what I have seen by us coming together and praying has been a tremendous um, unity in the body of Christ. And so, but 
but in your fasting, and it'll be online, it'll be, we'll have everything advertised of what we're looking for, um, and what we're expecting. Uh, we may ask for some to give up one meal, we may ask for you to give up two meals. Um, we want to be, we want to be ready for what the new year has. Amen. Going into what the new year has. You'd stand with me for the reading of the word. Brother Ocasio and your family, we welcome you again here today. Good to have you back with us. They will be going back home, and uh, this is their last Sunday with us. They were just here for the holidays with her family and everything. And so I want to start out in 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in a day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you can bow your heads. Father, we thank you for another day. We, we, Lord, we have not forgotten, Lord, that Christmas is the season that we have reverenced you, honored you, O oh God. We have come today, Lord God, as we leave this year and go into a new year by next Saturday, Lord God, or Friday night, whatever it is that's coming up. God, we pray that as we leave this year and go into the new year, God, that your will be done in our lives, that we not have it as our will, but thy will be done. And Lord, we pray, God, that we would hear what thus saith the Lord, that the word of God would in God would uh, uh, begin to prick our hearts and prick our minds, oh God, to prepare us for what the future holds, oh God. I pray a blessing on everyone that's here in the congregation today and those that are online. God, we pray for those that have been afflicted with sickness, oh God, that you would move and intervene one more, God, one more time we pray for their bodies. We pray for their health, God, that you protect them in Jesus' name we pray. Be thou healed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. Uh, it's truly, for me, it's truly a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Um, thankful for the Lord. Amen. Thankful for the, the heartbeat of God and the saints of God that are here. Uh, so today I want to talk to you. I guess I want to try to either preach or preach to you about now is the accepted time. Now is the accepted time. Many of us will be making New Year's resolutions. Many of us will be preparing things for the new year. We'll be setting things in place. But now is the accepted time. Not, not the first, not on the 31st, not then. But now is the accepted time uh, for us. This is the time of the year that people make New Year's resolutions. And they all set, all set. I, I'm, I'm just as guilty. We all set uh, goals, new goals, amen, and, and relationship goals, financial goals, physical goals, and spiritual goals. They make life-changing decisions during the new year, coming into the new season, and, and that's what we do. We're, we're, we're preparing for what the new year holds, and we, we set uh, uh, goals to things that we want to see. We want to be more spiritual, or maybe we want to be uh, more... Uh, uh, we want to do a better job of managing our finances and uh, we want to do a better job at uh, monitoring and, and uh, watching what we eat, right? And, 
And so, but not everyone actually accomplishes those resolutions, however important they are. You see, according to Forbes magazine, only 8% of people achieve their financial goals. The U.S. News reports that 80% of people fail when it comes to New Year's resolutions having to do with their health. That's with their health. I can't imagine, for me, I try to think about now what's the spiritual side aspect of that. If 80% fail, that, are, that one of the most important things that God has given us is a temple, a body, to take care of it, and we fail at it, 80% fail at it, what are we doing as a body of Christ? What is the body of Christ doing? The Washington Post says in an article entitled, Why Do People Make Resolutions? A New Year resolution is a decision to do or not do something in order to accomplish a personal goal or break a habit. It comes at a time when people look back at the past year and make an effort, make an effort to improve themselves as the new year begins. Adults often make New Year's resolutions to lose weight or exercise. When asking Wikipedia or however you want to say it, the online encyclopedia, how did New Year's resolutions start? Wikipedia says this, religious origins, Babylonians made promises to their gods at the start of each year that they would return borrowed objects and pay their debts. The Romans began each year by making promises to the god Janus for whom the month of January is named. I think people should return what they have borrowed and pay their debts. I believe in that. I believe in not going chapter 11. I don't believe in uh, you know, the, the getting debt wiped out. If you've, if you've charged up cards, I believe you need to pay your debt and get it off the books. Amen. I do believe you need to get out from underneath the, the, the credit cards and things like that. I, I don't believe, you know, we've, we've set up so many things now where we have lawyers that will help you forgive your, get your debt forgiven so you don't have to pay back. And most of the time, when you look back at your credit card, you'll look at it and you'll go, well, where is all that money at? I think, I think it's important to pay who you borrow from. That I've never considered how the first month of the year got its name. I, did, I never thought about that. But I'm interested in people wanting to change. I'm interested in people that want to see the goodness of God being poured out day in and day out. I'm interested in seeing God use people to be witnesses in the kingdom of God. I'm interested in seeing people that want to pray with people around the altar. I'm interested in seeing people that want to raise their hands and magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm interested in seeing people that want to show up for prayer because they have a desire to see all the prodigals and the backsliders return to the kingdom of God. I'm excited about seeing what God wants to do with each and every one of us this new year. I'm pretty sure God is interested in seeing what we're going to be about in this new year. This is why he was born in Bethlehem. It is why he lived and preached in this world for 33 and a half years. It is why he discipled 12 men to continue his message. It is why he allowed himself to be crucified on the cross. And it is 
why he resurrected on the third day. And it is why he offers forgiveness of sins, repentance, and baptism in Jesus' name. And it is why he promises the infilling of his Holy Spirit to us. God is so good. I'm grateful to God. Amen. I look at today and I, I, I look at the congregation and though I know some were sick and though I know some were uh, maybe out of town or traveling, though all those things are in place, God shows me that there is a sold out remnant of people that are sold out for the kingdom of God, expecting to see the miracles, signs and wonders, walking in giftings, walking in the prophecy of God, seeing people walk in. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I believe that there are people sitting amongst us that have the gift of healing in their, in their, all they've got to do is speak the word of healing. All you've got to do is speak it. You don't have to lay hands on somebody, but here's the thing. I believe we get fearful and here's why we get fearful. And I, I get fearful as well, not, not fearful of the Lord, but I don't want to ever, ever take and let my spirit get puffed up that there's a gift of healing in me. Amen. I want to always turn everything back to the Lord. Amen. If he gives me that gift, and I, I, I'm, I don't know if I have that gift, but what I know is, is that I always, always go, God, you get all the glory for whatever healing takes place. And I believe in speaking healing in Jesus' name. I believe in laying hands on the sick and believing and seeing the sick recover. God is in the, in the business of helping people change their lives. I, I, I'm a perfect example of God changing a life. If only 8% of people are capable of achieving their financial resolutions and 20 their health goals, and, and for less than that continued uh, them into the next year, God knows full well that we are unable to live in this world relationally and spiritually the way that we desire to live without him. It is imperative that we leave. It's getting, let me say this. This is what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I feel like the, the walking with God for people is getting a little bit more uh, strained. It's being tested. It's being tested of whether or not COVID's going to break out. Let me just tell you that. So far, God's protected this church. We've not had one breakup from being in the house. But what I'm telling you, there is, a, there, is, there, there is a chance that we could come to church and fellowship with one another and worship and praise the Lord and someone run the aisle, someone come up here and want to pray and be prayed through to the Holy Ghost and they can't breathe. We take their mask off and possibly they could have COVID. We take temperatures. But I, I, I would rather be in God's house serving the Lord, praying for souls, baptizing people in the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, seeing people healed, getting, if I got it, I get it, and if I don't make it, guess what? I'm on streets of gold. I get to see the walls of Jasper. I get to run with the angels. I get to do what I want to do, which is constantly Praise him and say, holy, 
holy, holy is the name. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm, of course, I'm not just going, oh, come on, COVID, give it to me. I got you, right? But I'm talking about coming to the house of God. The house of God should not be a place of fear. The house of God should be a place of faith. The house of God should be a place that we attend, believing and expecting to see the miracles. I'm leaving this year. I'm leaving this year with a made-up mind that I will see the glory. I will see the power. I will see the anointing. I will see giftings. I'll see people raised up preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll see the body of Christ growing. I will see the prodigals coming back. I believe it in Jesus' name. God knows fully well that we need him. I can't do anything without him. I can't preach to you without him. I can't sing to you without him. And you don't want me to sing. But you, I can't do anything without the power and the glory of God. But if we're going to see or have a real positive, significant, and lasting change in our lives, especially spiritual change, it's going to take more than any of us that we're capable of our own talents. It's going to take God to help us. It's going to take the Lord to help us to see the, the glory and the power of the Holy Ghost moving. So how does, how do we, how does all that get started? Or, or how do you get it started? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> For a lot of people, the only time they seriously consider change in their life is when they make a New Year's resolution. I said it before. I was sitting in the van with four of my grandchildren. Two of them, was, uh, the, the two oldest ones, Caden and Kendall. And I was just sitting there and I was just, I'm watching people while their parents are in a store, and I'm watching people, I, I, I watch people, and I, I was seeing a world, I was seeing a world that had not given themselves over to the Lord, I, I, I was, it, they, were, they were focused on things that had nothing to do with the Lord, they were focused, they were just, they were smoking cigarettes, they were smoking vape pipes, they were, they were just walking around, they were doing things that had nothing, you know, they weren't even, you could tell that in their face there was no no uh, a joy there was no peace and I'm sitting there and as I'm sitting there openly I go God mm, I said God forgive me God if there be any sin in my life forgive me you know why because I don't want no sin to hinder what God has in store for some other soul Amen. I don't want to be a hindrance, so I don't want to be the person that, that could stand in the way of someone getting into the kingdom of God. If there be any sin in my life, I want God to know, Lord, you can search this old mind. You can search this old heart. God, I want to be right. I want to be ready. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be a disciple of yours. I want to be willing and ready to witness. I, want to, I don't want to have the mass thing being of, of my big focus. I don't want the things of this world, the cares of this world to be anything that distracts me from sharing the gospel. My grands were like, Pop, Pop, what did you do? I said, well, I don't know what I did. 
All I know is the scripture says, for my ways are not your ways, and your ways are not my ways. And so I don't want to ever have anything. I don't want to even try to fathom or even use this carnal gray matter up here to try to decipher whether there is sin or whether I have sinned or whether I've not sinned. So for me, it's easier to go ahead and ask God to check it, check my heart, check my mind. God, if there is sin in my life, Lord, I want you to forgive me. And so I'm trying to explain that to a seven and a a five-year-old. And they're like, no, Pop, Pop, you had to do something. And I'm going, well, maybe I did and I just don't know, but that's why I'm asking God to forgive me. I want them to understand that you know, repentance, nothing wrong with repenting. You know, I, I don't want to ever get to the place where I got pride, so much pride that I can't say, God, forgive me. God, if there's any unclean thing in me, forgive me. God, I want to make sure that I'm ready when you come. I want to make sure that when you call my number up, that I'm ready to make it into the kingdom of God. For a lot of people, the only time, again, that they consider serious changes in the new year but honestly, we all make small incremental changes in our lives every day. So to some degree or another, our lives are like a ship on the sea being pushed, tossed and turned in every direction. The kind of change is someone, it, it, sometimes change becomes reactionary. Sometimes change is not something that we uh, purpose to do. Sometimes we just react to change. Sometimes we, we, we uh, just change right watch what watch what happens when with change change comes and and I I say this because I'm guilty of it and I've repented of it but what happens is is you you wake up one morning and you miss a morning of prayer and you say I'm gonna get that back tomorrow and you wake up tomorrow morning on Tuesday and you miss prayer And then you wake up on Wednesday, and then all of a sudden, by the time you get to Saturday, you're you're realizing that, man, I've been a whole week, a whole week, I never made time for God, I've never made time to pray, I've never made time to seek the face of God, and it becomes reactionary, right? And then all of a sudden, you drop to your knees, and you're like, God, oh God, what have I done? Why have I forsaken you? Why have I left you? And he's going the whole time, he's saying, I never, you never, I never left you, you left me. You didn't carve out enough time to just spend time with me. Same way with reading the Word of God. I'm trying to make sure that every day I get the Word of God in me. Wake up one morning and you're in a hustle bustle because you don't get up early enough. And so you just go, I'll catch up to the Word tomorrow. Then tomorrow comes and you're, you're now two days behind and reading the word of God and feeding your soul, feeding your spirit with the word of God. But we say, oh, come January. I'll just wait till January. Well, then you become dead, dried up, twice plucked up by the root. Then when you come to the house of God and we call for prayer, we call for fasting, and people go, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. There's no way that I could fast for 21 days. There's no way that I could pray every Friday night. That's going to interfere with what I do on my Fridays. And it generally leads us where we really don't 
want our lives to go, i.e., we leave the house of God, i.e., we go, we leave, we don't even, we, we, we just leave. We find a word in a church that fits our, how we want to live, right? We know what the word of God says. The reason people leave truth is because they leave truth because truth deals with the conscience. When there's a Holy Ghost flow in the house, the Holy Ghost deals with your heart. And you can't sit under truth and have the flow of the Holy Ghost in a building and, 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 not, be, and not have things going on in you emotionally. Now you're fighting against right and wrong. You're fighting against whether I do what I know to do or do I do what I want to do, right? You're fighting against it. And so every year we go, well, I'm not going to fight anymore. I've went this long without the prayer. I went this long without the word of God. I went this long without the flow of the Holy Ghost in my life. If I can make it to January, I'm going to make a commitment and a New Year's resolution that I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to read the word every day. New Year resolution. Honestly, it's the reason we need God to help us in our lives. Because spiritually, each and every one of us naturally are drawn to the things of this world that will destroy us spiritually and separate us from the love of God. There are things buying for your reading time. There are things buying, trying to buy for your prayer time. There, there's things that are buying for what you do uh, in the kingdom of God, how you serve in the kingdom of God, whether you're in ministry anymore or not in ministry anymore, whether you're going to be a part of ministry or not part of ministry, whether you're going to resign from ministry or not resign from ministry, whether you're going to serve God's people or not serve, whether you're going to teach or preach or whether you're going to what? Working sound, whether you're going to be an usher, whether you're going to be this, whether you're going to be that. There's things trying to steal from us all, all along the year. And then we go, well, we'll make a New Year's resolution. We'll set, we'll change it up. This year, I'm going to have 10 resolutions. I'm going to, I'm going to have prayer on number one. I'm going to have reading the word of God, number one, number two. I'm going to watch what I eat, number three. I'm going to exercise every day, number four. I'm going um, to take vitamins every day, number six. Number seven, I'm not going to drink dark sodas. I'm, just, I'm throwing these out here to you. Yeah. I'm working on that. Um, Oh, wait a minute. You can, talk, yeah, right. you can talk about Popeyes, talk about anybody, but you, no. Okay, wait a minute. Remember reel myself back in. Um, yeah, I guess I could look at Chick-fil-A too, somewhere there, right? Uh, seriously, okay, so she just threw some out because she knows I love Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is probably my number one go-to every, almost every day or something. Amen. So, so we would know, we would know, we would know that that would be something that I would really have to be serious about a resolution. My children want me to pass on points. We're at like 30 some thousand points and 
and I haven't used any of them. And they're like, you need to share them with us. And I'm like, oh, no, we might need them someday, <laughs> you know. Uh, but anyway, we need the Lord spiritually, emotionally. We need Jesus in our lives if we're going to make it into this new year and be able to go through the new year and into the next year. Amen. I need the Lord. I need the power. I need the glory of the Holy Ghost. I need a renewing in the soul and in the spirit so that I will walk with him, talk with him. We were talking about having an ear for God this morning. I want my ear to be so sensitive that if he tells me stop, sit down, I I'm going to stop and sit down right where he told me to stop and sit down. If he says get up, go to the left three steps and stop, then I go three steps to the left and I stop and wait. Because someone he's about to send to me. I want to be that obedient. I want to be that in tune with him that I know the voice of God. That when he says, son, go to so-and-so, I want you to speak the word of God to them. Don't worry about what it's going to look like. Don't worry about whether they'll receive it. Don't worry about how you'll be received. Just do what I said do. And then I go immediately. I believe we can have that with the Holy Ghost. I believe we don't need New Year resolutions if we just walk in the presence and the glory of God like we need to. And I'm telling you, more now than ever before, we need to be in tune. Listen, listen. I don't live in D.C., but when D.C. can start, the governor, I think it's the governor, the mayor, thank you. Anytime the mayor can set out and say you can't buy, in a restaurant without showing your vaccination card, you don't think we're very close to some other things happening? If it starts there, it will soon flow out in other... Once they see how, the, how much of a success it is there, it will flow out. It was just one person that was able to be brave enough to say, I'm shutting everything down. If you don't walk around with a vaccine card, and I got an article right after she said that with a chip, that could be inserted right in your wrist. You can carry that vaccine card instead of getting it all, you know, because by the time you pull that card out 5, 10, 15, 20 times, right, it's going to be whopper-eared unless you get it laminated, right? So now you can just, it'll be simpler. You don't even have to carry your wallet. We'll put everything in the, the little chip that we'll put in your wrist, and you'll be able to just go, hey, hey, I'm good. Right? It's coming. There are things coming that God's people, this is what worries me about our children are not in church today, is because there's a day coming that, that the Bible talks about a generation that will, know, will not know God. And the world is changing very quickly and transitioning over to a one world monetary system and over to a system where they will dictate whether you can buy, sell, or trade. And when that time is coming, and when we see the, the third temple built in Jerusalem, it will be very short before you will not be able to buy, sell, or trade. You will need a mark. You will need the mark. It'll be here. And if we do not set our sights on Jesus, if we don't set our minds on the Lord going into this new year, we are very quickly approaching the Antichrist being on scene. I don't know whether that's five years, ten years, two years, one year, I don't know the day nor the hour, but what I do know, the Word of God said, begin to watch the signs that are going on right now around us. 
and when you're watching it, and as you see it unfolding, begin to look up. For whence my redemption does draw nigh. Now some of the folks that have walked away from God are not even going to remember that they need to be looking up. That's why it's imperative that the body of Christ get themselves healthy in the Holy Ghost so that we can be the trumpet to the family members that are lost, that are walking around blind right now, not knowing what's going on. I'm not even halfway through this thing. So can I suggest today that maybe we might need more than our New Year's resolution? We need to have, we really need a genuine change in the Lord in our lives, of the Lord in our lives. One that's going to make a difference in our lives. One that's going to cause uh, us to get past the things of shame and guilt and get our lives right with God and get where we need to be. I wonder if, if there could come some change in someone's life today. You know, I, I was told people, people called me and said, I'm going to come to church today. And I said, great, great, great. You know, but, but, but where are they today? I believe they see things. They're starting to see things. Talk to some, I talked to a family member the other day. Talked the very thing I just said to you. That now they want, that, you know, if you don't have a card, you can't buy any food in a restaurant down there. I don't know if, it, if, it's, if it's went to a grocery store yet or not, but I do know it's at fast food restaurants and restaurants, right? You got to show your, your vaccination card. I'm talking to them. I'm saying, you know, I, I just wanted to know. I wasn't preaching. I said, you know, that's just the beginning. Because we know we, we don't want to pass on the COVID. Right, we know we don't want to share COVID, but but it, and so it sounds really, okay, it sounds really really innocent. It sounds really really good, because I don't want to pass on what I got to you, if I have been or have not been vaccinated. It sounds really smart. The devil's cunning. Don't be, do not be caught off guard. Amen. We have, a, we have the King of kings and the Lord of lords that lives in our lives. We must be wise to the tactics of Satan that are going on around us. I, I don't know, but, but because we are about to enter a new year, we've got to get to a place that we have decided now is the time. Not New Year's Eve, not New Year's Day. Now is the time to get some things right. Now is the time to get my life right with God. Now is to make my resolution Stay fast that I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to talk with Jesus. I'm going to pray. I'm going to see the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I'm ready and I've had enough. It's time. I believe God is going to do something. Now is the time. Amen. Not tomorrow, not next week. You see, we, we do this every week. We do it every week. We'll go back. We come back here every week and we do the same old thing. Week after week, we come in and we worship God. We offer people a chance for the power of God to come into their lives. The worship team prays over the songs that they, 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 they are preparing to sing for the Sunday, every Sunday, before every Sunday. They pray to seek the face of God so that when they sing and we sing with them, the presence of God, the house of God, so that we may reverence and worship the power glory of God so that he may come and touch the hearts of men and women. It's not a New Year's thing. It's a now is the time thing. 
Peter told those people on the day of Pentecost, for, the, for this promise is unto you, your children, and all those that are far off, and even as many as the Lord our God shall call. They asked Peter 2,000 years ago, what should we do? What, what change needs to happen? How do we fix this? And Peter got up and he read the, uh, uh, he spoke uh, the words that Jesus wanted to speak that he said, repent. He said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's what fixes things. That's what, when, when I'm, when I'm, when I do not have what I need in the Holy Ghost, when I am not prayed up, when I am not where I need to be in the Lord, that's when most of the attacks come that I can't, I can't figure out how to handle them. Because when the, Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost is in me and it's full, I know how to deal with it. I begin to rebuke it. I begin to pray. I begin to thank God. Because that means that if, if, if I'm being tested like that, that means that I'm being tested because the devil wants to sift me. And, 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 and the Lord has said, try my servant. But when you haven't been praying, here's what happens. And see, Jesus is with you every time. But when you haven't been faithful to him, you have not been committed to him, you haven't had a relationship with him, he steps back. And you go through your trial. And you try to maneuver through that trial in your own way. The way you think you've got to get through it. The way you think you've got to fix it. The way you think instead of going, okay, God, wait a minute. Let, let me take my hands off the steering wheel. I have totally messed up. What are you trying to show me in this? What, have I, what got me here? And then quickly, all of, a, all of a sudden, it's going to come. Most of the time, it's prayer. Most of the time, it's your relationship with him. Most of the time, it's, it's everything that's going through, right? When you get fear, when fear comes into your heart, fear comes because you do not have the, you've not been praying. Reverend McNeil was in a, uh, and I don't know why I can't remember the name of the, uh, uh, MRI too. And he felt claustrophobic. And the power of God spoke to him and said, I'm the common spirit. And as soon as God spoke to him that I'm the common spirit, everything was fine. 45 minutes, he's still laying in there. He's fellowshipping. <laughs> he wasn't flailing. Oh, God, get me out of this thing. Right, right. Calmness was spoke into his life by the word of God. Yeah. And that's how it came. When your relationship is where it needs to be, that's when the power and the glory of God can speak into your life and you're ready and willing and you are able to stand and look at the storm and not have a bit of fear. Say, I see your tactics, devil. I see what you're trying, Satan. But I've got Jesus. He's in my boat with me right now. I'm not walking blind into this. I'm walking with the sights of the Holy Ghost. I see what you're doing. I see your testing. I see your distractions. I see everything that you're trying to bring against me. See, we can't fix it, though, unless we have the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost in our lives. You and I need God's forgiveness. That's why we repent. That's why we are get baptized. All of us need the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Maybe someone online, I don't know if there, I don't think there's anyone here that has not been filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe there is, but I haven't seen 
anybody that I don't recognize, but what I will tell you if you're online and you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, you haven't repented of your sins and been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to get baptized. You need to repent and get baptized in Jesus' name. If you're not in this area, you need to call, uh, call the office or email us, connect with us on, uh, online, and we will get you a church where you are. But it's imperative that you get your life. This year coming up is very important to you to get your life right with God. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if you understand what's about to come. I don't know if you really comprehend what's about to come. But, but, but we don't need to make up our minds to do this in January because it's a new year. We, we, we just need, we don't need to make our minds we're going to do it in February. We need to just do it. Amen. Now's the time. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week. You see, Joshua said in 2415, but as for me and my house, we'll, we will serve the Lord. Paul tells us in Hebrews 12, 1, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us never before has weight and things came before the people of God that are weighing for your walk with God that are weighing in on challenging you in your walk with God that are taking away your minutes to have time with him distracting us and taking us away from the very things that God wants to do in our lives See, patience, that means consistency every day. It's not just a new thing. It's not just a new thing. It's not just Sunday. It's a walk with God, not a visit to a spiritual emergency room. We don't come running in here when we only need, when we're only falling apart. We come here well and sick. We come well and sick. We come halfway well, halfway sick. We come, you just come to church. You faithfully come. I watch people, they say, pray for me, pray for me, but they're not in the house of God. We're going to pray for you, but my God. I would, I, I'd be fearful to go pray for me and then never show back up to the house of God. That was like me being when I was a drunk. Right, I almost died, overdosed. Let me just set it to you straight. That, that's what happened. I overdosed, knew I was leaving this world, I began to pray. For whatever reason, the mercy of God stopped it. I shouldn't even be here. That was in early, late 80s. And, and, and that's almost likened to a drug addict who says, just pray for me. Pray for me, y'all. Call me out. I need prayer. Right? But then you never do anything about it. God should have let me die. I know you don't understand that kind of vernacular, but he should have let me die because I only used him. I used him for that very moment to, get, to stay alive when I should have just went ahead and went on out into eternity. Because even after he saved me and kept me from dying, did I turn to him at that point? No, nah, it became a few more years before I turned to him. It's important that the church walks with God day in and day out. It's important that we, we are the church. This is not the church. 
This building is just a place we come together. But we are the church. And if the church is not healthy, right, you can't walk out into this world and be what we are to be, the disciples of Christ, if we're not healthy. If we don't have faith that when someone is laying there dying and frailing on the floor or whatever to lay hands on them, we, you know, because we're afraid of COVID or, or we don't have enough faith to lay hands on the sick and to see them healed. That's a soul going right out into eternity. My, I've got family that if they die today, they go right out into eternity and not the place that I want them to be. I want to see the glory of God. I don't say things to make my family hurt. I don't, I don't say things to hurt my family. I mean, if you're a child, if you've ever served God, you know where you are. You know exactly where you are. I was raised in the church. And the very moment that I called on the name of the Lord, I was calling in some back times of being raised in the house of God. Because those things came back when life was passing through my eyes, when I could see things just going and leaving me. I pulled back on some things that I had been raised with that I could pray to an, a sovereign God, a God that was forgiving. But when you don't raise your children in the kingdom of God, they don't know who to call on. They don't know who to go back to. They don't know. And now we've got church where people don't want to bring their kids to Sunday school because they're so caught up. Let's just do virtual Sunday school. Let me tell you what I see what virtual church did for the church. Souls walked away from God. Because you need to be in the house of God with God's people. The Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourselves. There's a reason for that. There's a reason God said forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Because we come together collectively. And because I'm faithfully here every week. You know who I am. You know how I look. You know how I act. You know my demeanors. You know if I walk in here sad, grumpy, not right, twisted. And immediately, because you know me and you have a connection to me, you go immediately and begin to pray. Show up once in a while, we ain't got no connection with you. And I know that's not proper vernacular, so forgive me for using the ain't word. But we're not connected. Right? And some people like that because then you can't really tell where they really are. But I want you to know, you know why I show up every Sunday? Not because I could get up here and preach for you. I want you all watching me. I need accountability. I need people praying and seeking the face of God. I need someone that says, oh, I see pastor. Not a, uh, he's not the same God today. I don't want to go to hell. We need to be accountability partners for each and every one in the house of God. We need to be watching. That's what Brother Scales did to me. He got up alongside of me, and he watched me. He knew me. He could tell everything that was going on in this mind. He could read me. And when things weren't right, he said, hey, boy, what's wrong with you? He didn't say, I love you. 
here and say nothing like, uh, you know, look, I, I ain't trying to get all up in your business. He said, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Well, you know, I lied in the house. Because when, when, when the elder got me, he looked at me in the eye. I'm like, oh, nothing wrong. I was, I was just in the church. I was young, new in the church. I'm just telling you. I was youth minister, youth teacher, whatever you want to call me. I was something there in the youth. Bishop put me there. I said, nothing's wrong. He said, you're lying to me, and you're lying in the house of God. I went, okay. God forgive me immediately. I knew he was in tune with God. I didn't let it taint my spirit. I didn't let it make me mad. He was reading my pedigree. He was reading my life. And I knew he was worried about my soul more than he was worried about anything else. And I repented to him for lying to him as well. And he took me just like this. Come on. We're going to the altar. He said, we're working this out now. I'm like, well, you, you know, it'll work out. He's, no, oh, no, we're going to work this out now. We ain't waiting until the altar call. We're working it out now. Thank you. That's why we need to be in church every Sunday. Uh, if, and if you want to see a good article, go to Brother McCauley's uh, article on uh, why we attend church, why we are faithful to the house of God, why we need to be in church every Sunday. Amen? Amen? Hear me. If I don't know you, I can't connect with you. That's why half the saints that, that are, 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 are staying online. But spiritually, you start to discern things. We say we're Christians, we say we're saved, but we drink, we drink wine now. And we don't see nothing wrong with that. We take the scripture that a little wine, good for the stomach. But the problem is, if you have a stressful day, that little thimble of wine becomes a glass of wine. And then from a glass of wine, it becomes two glasses of wine. And from two glasses of wine, it comes to two bottles of wine. And then it goes to three, and then you do it every day because, whoo, I had a rough day today. And so you know why they call it spirits. The reason they call it spirits is because it brings spirits. It opens up the spiritual side of the dark side, not the, the side of light. But I don't know why I got off on that. Now is the time. Now is the time. Someone says my family really needs some help. Well, now is the time. It's, a not, it's not about the new year, and, and, and he wants you to live ab above sin. He wants each and every one of us to live above sin successfully in this world and, and, and not let, you know, we've gotten so caught up in money, and I know we need money to run, to, to run right, to take, keep your roof over your head, keep your car, uh, to take care of things, right? I know we need money, but the problem is when, when we start worshiping the money, like I, I could go, I can go get a job and and make twenty eight dollars an hour at Amazon, but they told me I was going to work seven days a week, and it was mandatory for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I said, well, I, I'll work Friday, Saturday mandatory, but I won't work Sunday mandatory. They said, well, don't bother. I said, okay, no problem. Twenty eight dollars sounds good to me, but not for my salvation. Anything that takes me away from the house of God. And it would, be that, it would be that way whether I was your pastor or not your pastor. But we can't fix that stuff in our lives. 
I can't fix it. Revelation 3.20 said, Behold, I stand at the door. And I knock. If any man may hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. And I will sup with him and I and he with me. You see, you know, we always, and I'm closing right now, we always want to puff, put stuff off. How many of you like to put stuff off? Sadly, too many people put this decision off. And then it's too late. Funerals, people put things off. Then they think about spiritual things. Everybody wants everybody to go to heaven. We all want our family to go to heaven, right? We don't want nobody lost. We don't want nobody to spend eternity in hell. And we think we can live the way we want to live. And we think we can get up here and put them there. Funerals are one of the saddest place, saddest things I ever have to deal with. They're very sad. It was, it was a rejoicing for Sister Barnett. Because she was going home. You knew her well. I spent, uh, spent over an hour with her and the Holy Ghost came into that nursing room room that we were in. Holy Ghost fell. I mean, tongues. Probably 20, uh, at least 20 minutes. Tongues was just blowing, both of us. It was almost like, and I'm going, and all this rewinds in my head. I'm like, man, I, I visited with her and she never once said to me, I feel like I'm leaving, and I won't be with you for very long. My words, as we were praying, I'm praying, I'm praying healing. I'm praying healing. Prayed for the stroke to be reversed in Jesus' name. I prayed for the kidneys. I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, give her a brand new kidney. Let that thing start pumping like crazy and cleaning her out, Lord God. Let it begin to operate just like you created it in her earlier years. Holy Ghost is falling. She's encouraging me. We hug. And I leave. A week later, a little over a week later, I get a call that she's passed away. That, that way is coming to all of us. We're all going this way. We'll all lay here in a casket. We're all going to have somebody that tries to put us in heaven. Because nobody wants a loved one to go to hell. You want someone that does put, try to put you there to have seen what I saw in Sister Barnett. I'm not sitting here with a, a set of dice in my finger, in my hand. You know, we used to shoot dice or crap. We called it crap, but I know it's not proper in here. But we would shoot dice, gamble. And that's what people do today with their walk with God. They literally gamble whether they're serving God or not. 
and they try to they try to say oh yeah everything's good with me right don't you see it it fits me good but what God sees is what's on the inner man what's going on on the inside I can look like I'm well I can look like I'm full of the Holy Ghost I can look like I am power packed I can speak in tongues but be just as dead I don't want to wait to the new year the time is now we're going to take communion if you'd stand with me we're going to take communion But in closing, this is what I want, I want to, to say. We'll still sing, but we'll still sing. But the Bible says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and I will sup with him. I have to ask you today, do you hear? Do you hear that? Do you hear the door? Do you hear the knock on the door? If you hear the knock on the door, I'm asking you to open the door. Open it up. I'm asking you to open it up and let the Lord in. I watch people try to play the tough guy. Nope, nope. I can do this myself. Nope, I can do it myself. I don't need anybody's help. At some point, we're going to all need the Lord's help. We're leaving this year in less than um, I'm, I'm okay. One, two, three, four, yep, five days. Five days we're leaving this, this year. Things that we once, that we've done this past year, maybe not been what we should be. Maybe not what we should have said. Maybe not how we should have prayed. Maybe not how we should have read the Word of God. You've been given... We're being given an opportunity to ask the Lord forgive us. Now is the time to begin to seek his face. Now is the time to begin to reminisce over what 2021 has been in my spiritual life. What 2021 has been in my walk with God, how I've how I've conducted myself, how I've how I've been in 2021. God, I, if you haven't been appreciative of how I have been, Lord God, I'm asking you to forgive me. If I've not lived up to what you expect me to live up to, God, I'm asking you to forgive me. God, if I haven't been the disciple that you wanted me to be, God, I'm asking you to forgive me. God, if I haven't given the if I if I if I fearfully walked away from a Bible study, God, I'm asking you to forgive me and put that Bible study back in my life. 
God, if I've been slothful with my finances, if I've been slothful with my attendance, whatever I've been, Lord God, that would not be what you would want me to be, I'm asking you today, God, that you forgive me. God, now is the time. I want to be saved. I want to walk in your ways, Lord God. I want to, God, I want your spirit flowing through me. I want to be, God, everything that you want me to be in the kingdom of God. I want to be that witness. I want you, Lord God. God, there be anything that would hinder me from getting into the kingdom of God. I'm asking you to forgive me and show me it so that I won't do it again, Lord. Lord, as we begin to partake of your supper, as we begin to, to enter into this covenant, God, I want everything to be right in me, God. I don't want any unclean thing. I don't want unclean thoughts. I don't want unclean um, attitude. I don't, I, I, whatever would be unclean in me, God, as the lepers, when they, had to, when they came into contact, people they had to scream unclean unclean God I'm unclean if there be anything unclean in me God I pray that you would forgive me it's your opportunity to be asking the Lord need his forgiveness before we take partake of the and communion God, I need you more than anything. I am nothing without you. I don't want to take communion unworthily. I don't say this. I don't say this to make fear. I say this because you have the opportunity. Now is the time for you to make things right with the Lord. Now is the time to ask God to forgive you. Now is the time. Holy, holy God of Israel, we worship you today. I am so in need of you, Lord God. I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without you, Lord. I'm nothing without you. Oh, holy God of Israel, I worship you. God, we honor you today. In remembrance. Oh, God. What we're about to do, we do in remembrance of you, Lord. We know it's not truly your body and truly your blood, but we do it in honor and reverence and remembrance. God, you are holy. Lord, we remember. Yes, we do, Lord. We remember. Holiness and remembrance. Yes, hallelujah. What we do, we do in remembrance. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes, we do. We remember you, Lord. Oh, God, my Lord, my Lord. our ushers to come to the front as they come to the front I'm going to ask you to come out of your aisles to the center aisle come up get a cup up here and go back to your seats this is grape juice I'm going to ask you now from the rear to come and get your cup. Do not open or do anything until everybody has been served. Remember you. And remembrance. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. Make sure you get yours. Hallelujah. We know that. the last supper right before he was betrayed to go to the Calvary he was teaching them about keeping a covenant and doing this in remembrance of him it's very imperative that that we have a moment I know we have repented, but I want to do it one more time because this covenant is something that is very serious uh, in partaking of, even though it's not his actual body and his actual blood. What we do, we do in remembrance of him. 
But it's very important that if there be any sin in our 